0: Over to you, Taryn. Thank you, Emma. Oh, hi, everybody. Uh I wonder if any of you can um, see a window at the moment because it is snowing. It's amazing. Um, It's the perfect thing to be happening as I am going to talk today about wonder. If you noticed the last thing that Hannah read just there, it said everyone was amazed, everyone marveled. And um, that is what I want to talk about today, the title of my sermon. If you don't remember anything else, remember this. This is the title. With Jesus, your story will be marvelous. Um, I even wrote a little poem about it. Um, It's a little cheesy poem, but here it goes. It goes like this. Depressed or oppressed, Do not fear the author of life is here in his hands you can trust your story will be marvelous there you go (laughs) um so i mean for those (laughs) for those of you who i mean you all you've all seen me around but uh those of you who don't know me very well uh my name is taryn i'm married to peter my beloved and my friend we have three beautiful children and we are, yeah, I think my life is, is marvelous. Um, and I I grew up in, in India. I was a missionary kid and something about me that you can, you can see even by looking at childhood photos of me is that I love stories. There's a picture of me at, at somebody's wedding. We're standing with the bride and groom. Um, everyone else is you know with the bride and groom I have a book in my hand I'm just standing there with a book in my hand um, <laughs> I remember my dad always telling me you need to engage with people when there's other people in the room you can't just sit in the corner reading a story um, but I I love stories and uh, <laughs> um, and this story is actually one of my favorites as I discovered this week as I was um, as reading it and praying over it I was telling Peter, actually, I think this is possibly one of my favorite stories about Jesus because it's just so epic. It's Jesus versus the forces of darkness, and he wins so conclusively. This is amazing. Um, so, okay, so let's go into the story. Oh, my stopwatch. Right. Let's look at this story. And so, if this was a movie, if we were looking at the characters in the story and what they were doing, and this is a movie, it would probably start with gravestones and mist. And it's dark. And ooh, scary music. And there's this man, he's he's wandering amongst the gravestones, he's yelling, he's crying out, he's cutting himself, he's desperate. It's 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 looking like it's gonna be a scary movie. PG something for sure. And and me in scary movies, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not great with scary movies. Um uh so that's how the the story starts and then you cut out to jesus and his disciples they're on the other side of the sea of galilee and jesus says to his disciples come let us go over to the other side and so they they um they're surrounded by this crowd and they have to get away and so they get but they jesus is very intentionally saying let us go over to the other side not let us get away but let us go over they get into the boat and Jesus falls asleep. And the Sea of Galilee—I I always imagine it's very calm, beautiful. Um, this is evening time, so you know the sun is setting. It's lovely. And then all of a sudden, completely out of nowhere, this huge windstorm arises. There's waves. There's crashing thunder and lightning. Maybe I don't know. Um, the waves start uh, washing over the side of the boat. The disciples are panicking. And what's Jesus doing? He's asleep. He's out cold. And he must have maybe like Peter's gift of just being able to conk out at any point in time. Um, And he was just in the back of the boat, fast asleep. And the disciples, they wake him and they're panicking and they say, Master, teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? And he he just gets up, rebukes the wind and says to the sea, peace, be still. And immediately it all calms down. It's fine. And then he says to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who is this that the wind and the sea obey him? Um, And then, so then, uh, so we have Jesus and his disciples. We have the demon-possessed man. And then if we zoom out in the other direction, we have close by the townspeople. There's a a town of people um, on Uh, near this graveyard and they are they're keeping their distance they're they're not sure they're a bit afraid they're keeping their distance from this demon-possessed man and they don't know what's about to happen now I think this is amazing so Jesus calms the storm and then now now the action begins with this demon-possessed man he steps out of the boat immediately they met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit it's almost as if this man was, was waiting for him or knew he was coming immediately. You know, I mean, this is, this is one way to wake up from a nap. I usually need a little while to, to wake up and everything. But Jesus wakes up, calms the storm, gets out of the boat immediately. This man is here with the unclean spirit running towards him. And he throws himself down before him on his knees and cries out with a loud voice. What have you to do with me? Jesus, son of the most high God, I adjure you by God, do not torment me. And Jesus is already, he was saying to him. See, Jesus doesn't even wait for him to speak. He's already saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And then I love this. This is beautiful. Jesus asks him, what is your name? He doesn't say to him, what have you done? He doesn't say to him, how did you get yourself in this mess? He doesn't say to him, uh, you know, why, why have you been hurting people and hurting yourself? He doesn't say any of this. He says, what is your name? He's, he's speaking to the man. I mean, we can see from other stories of, of Jesus interacting with demons that he never, he never wanted to make conversation with them. He immediately said, get out, 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 out. And he speaks to the person. So he says, what is your name? Um, now the demons answer, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out, entered the pigs and the herd, numbering about 2000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. So yeah, then the herdsmen, um, they're not best pleased about this. Um, they, They run and tell it in the city and in the country and people come to see. And they come to Jesus and see the demon possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there clothed and in his right mind what a turnaround and they were afraid and those who see it described to them what happened to the demon demon-possessed man and to the pigs they begin to beg Jesus to depart from their reason their region and as he's getting into the boat the man begs that he might be with him he doesn't permit him but says go home to your friends and tell them how much the lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you so the man goes away and begins, begins to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. So I love how this story, it starts as kind of a, a scary, a horror story almost. And then in the middle, there's almost a kind of, you know, Jesus steps in and it goes from scary story to adventure story to, um almost like a, a, a comedy. The bit about the pigs really makes me laugh. You know, I was talking to my kids about it this morning where uh, the, the demons, they're so scared when they, they meet Jesus and they're like, ah, oh, quick, it's the son of God. Let's run in the opposite direction. Uh, let's, let's make a break for Alaska, guys. And so Alaska's that way, let's go. And then they get into the pigs and they're like, oink, 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 oink. This wasn't the best idea. And then they go right off like lemmings over the cliff into the sea. And so already the story is changing completely. Um, But by the end, what happens? Everyone marvels. This has gone from being a horror story to a a love story, a a beautiful story. Um, And yeah, okay. And okay, now, every story has a central point around which it revolves. So I think that the. question in this story the question that this story is revolving around is the question that's asked in the bit about Jesus calming the storm which is who is this man who is Jesus Um, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him and then interestingly so the disciples don't know who Jesus is Um, the townspeople they're really not sure about him I think maybe because the Decapolis was a a Gentile region, um, mostly Gentile occupied. And you can see that by the fact that they have pigs, which were not kosher. Um, so they're not sure. They Maybe they think he's some sort of sorcerer or magician. You know, there's something powerful going on here, but they don't know. They can't really trust his character. So they don't know who he is, but who does know who he is? It's the demons. And they say, Jesus, they call him by name, Jesus, son of the most high God. What does this mean? Isn't this amazing? Jesus, son of the most high God. What is he doing here? What is he doing napping? You know, I wonder if the disciples are wondering at this moment, the the son of the most high God, what is he doing napping in the back of my boat? What is he doing um, crossing the Sea of Galilee and wandering around in the tombs and what must have been Nighttime by now, like surely he has better things to do, son of the most high God. And I just think this is beautiful because basically what has happened here is that the author of the story has entered the story. Jesus, son of the most high God. I mean, if you think about it, um I mean, in the book of John, John chapter one, verses one to five, it talks about how Jesus was with the Father in the beginning, creating the world. In the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I wonder if John was thinking of this, of this story of Jesus uh, casting out the demons. I mean, many stories like this. This is what he was thinking of when he said, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So what does it mean that the author of life has entered the story? Well, it means that basically we, we as humanity messed up our story right at the beginning, but he decided, the author decided to come in and rewrite the story from the inside out, didn't he? This is how Jesus, son of the most high God. Here he is on earth. He's decided to be human. He's decided to face things like tiredness and discomfort and, uh, you know, so much inconvenience to rewrite our story from the inside out. And that's why he has the power, the power to calm the storm. I mean, this is good news. The fact that he's most high God, it's good news for the disciples because it means that the wind and the waves will obey Jesus. Why? Because they were made for Jesus. You know, he's the boss. Good news for the demoniac. The demons are terrified of Jesus. Why? Because they're just fallen angels. They were made for Jesus. They were made to serve Jesus and they are totally out of line. And so they're terrified because he's the boss. <laughs> um I mean, in, in Liverpool, they say, that's boss. Have you ever heard anyone say that? That is boss. I just think that this, you know, Jesus in this story, he's boss. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the the the, demoni- the, the demons have no, no chance of resisting him because they were made for him. He is the author of them. And so they have to listen to him. And what about the townspeople? Is it good news for them? Yes, it is. Jesus, you know, they pushed him away. But he didn't give up on them. He didn't give up on rewriting their story. He sent the, he sent the, the demon-possessed man, newly freed, to them um, to be a witness to them. So this is amazing that this this question, who is Jesus, is answered. Jesus, son of the most high God, the author of life, has entered the story. And I wonder, I wonder today what this means for you, as you take a look at the story, let's just take a moment to think about this story and about the the three um, main characters in this story about from, apart from Jesus. And I wonder which of these characters you relate to the most. So it could be the disciples. Um, you could be feeling a bit like the disciples where there's a storm of circumstances around you. There's, there's external turmoil, some sort of external pressure. It could be anxiety to do with the pandemic. I mean, this is an unprecedented global pandemic. Maybe you're feeling like it's just, you know, it's just too much. Um, It could be financial stress that's being caused by uh, the the circumstances at the moment. It could be family tension. Um, You know, I've heard that a lot of families are really the, they're feeling the cracks under the pressure of this this um, situation that the globe that we all find ourselves in. It could be a struggling marriage. It could be a frustration at the political situation. You know, any of these things and, and a myriad of other things could be the external storm that you find yourselves in. So you could be feeling like the disciples or you could be feeling Like the demon-possessed man, there could be an internal storm, something inside of you that you just can't get yourself free from. It could be demonic oppression. I do believe that's a a real thing. Um, But it could also be depression. It could be uh, hormonal imbalances, chemical imbalances within you. It could be an eating disorder or uncontrollable lust or anger or Maybe you're struggling with your sexuality, you feel confused. Maybe it's um, a broken heart. Maybe you were longing for something or someone and it didn't happen. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe you've done something that you really regret, but you are just, the the guilt is eating away at you and you just don't know how to get away from it, you know? Maybe it's self-hatred, like this man, he was harming himself, wasn't he? You know, it's not, I, I, I've had friends who have harmed themselves and I, I myself have, you know, I, I haven't harmed myself physically, but I know that when I get frustrated, I sometimes act in a way that's self-harming. Because um, I just, you know, sometimes the, the pressure within you is just overwhelming, isn't it? And you just don't, you can't get away from it. It's in there. <laughs> um, so maybe you feel like the disciples with the external storm, the demoniac with the internal storm, Maybe you feel like um, the townspeople, you know, they were not sure. Maybe you, you call yourself a Christian or maybe you, you don't. So maybe even if you do call yourself a Christian, you don't know whether you can surrender entirely. You know, maybe you're holding Jesus at a distance because you're not too sure about the character of God. Can you trust this God? Because I used to be very worried about this. God seems to let the people who love him suffer. I was like, ah, <laughs> do I want to sign up for this completely? You know, maybe I'll call myself a Christian, but hold him at a distance. Um, maybe it's that uh, you're holding him at a distance because of disappointment at unanswered prayer. Maybe someone you love, you prayed and prayed and they they still, you know, they were still sick or they still even died. And you are just disappointed. You don't understand why God didn't answer prayers. He He, he promised to answer prayer. Why Why hasn't he done it? Maybe you're afraid he might ask you for something you don't want to give, like send you away to be a missionary in Mongolia and you don't want to go. So you're just going to hold him at a distance. Um, So you could be basically in an external storm or an internal storm or just unsure, holding God at a distance. But I I want to offer you hope from this story um, that... If you find yourself in a storm of circumstances, then look at this story. Isn't this amazing? When they were crossing the the Sea of Galilee, Jesus was on a mission. The disciples didn't know that he was going to the, I, I believe that when this demon possessed man was crying out, it says he was crying out among the tombs. He thought no one could hear him. Jesus heard him. And so he said, let us go to the other side. The disciples did not realize that they were on an adventure with the king. And that's why the storm was there. It was spiritual warfare. It was because, you know, the powers of darkness did not want them to reach the other side. And the same may be true for you. You may be going through a storm and you don't know what waits for you on the other side. It might be deliverance for you and for many other people. And so take heart, beloved, that this storm is not meaningless and not only is it not meaningless Jesus is able to calm the storm around you as you cry out to him and finally and and well not finally does he care the disciples ask this pertinent question master don't you care look to the cross does Jesus care about the storm you're going through absolutely he does he couldn't possibly care more um he you know when he went to the cross he put himself in the very center, in the eye of the storm, and he took it for you. If you feel like the demon-possessed man with the internal storm, you may feel like you're crying out and nobody hears you. Well, look at this story. Jesus heard, didn't he? He was coming. He was coming for this demon-possessed man. This demon-possessed man didn't didn't deserve it, but Jesus came for him just as he's come for us before we even knew him, when we were still in sin, he loved us and he came. He said, let us go. He said to his father, I'm going to go for them. I'm going to go to the cross. And he is able to calm that storm within you. What gives him the right, even when you may deserve it, even when it might be gnawing guilt for something that you have done? Because Jesus can do it because he took the punishment for that guilt on the cross He took that internal storm. He was the one who said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was forsaken so that you would never have to be forsaken, so that you could have a friend living inside of you instead of an internal storm. You can have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus living in you. So Jesus calls out to you just as he calls out to that man. He says, what is your name? He's calling out to the person that he created you to be. The author of life is calling out to you. And he can restore you clothed and in your right mind. Um, If you're like the townspeople feeling unsure, holding God at a distance. Well, look, look at this story. Look what Jesus did. Look at the witness of his man. He was restored from devastation to restored relationships, clothed and in his right mind. You can, I mean, where did he get these clothes from? You can just imagine he had no clothes Jesus, you can imagine Jesus taking off his own cloak, putting it around this man's shoulders, maybe even saying to his disciples, right? You, James, give him your socks. You, give him your clothes. You know, everybody (laughs) contributed. And this man was clothed. This is the kind of Jesus. This is the kind of God he is. Is he trustworthy? Absolutely. Look at the cross. Look at the cross. He was naked and beaten just like that man he took that he was naked and beaten so that you wouldn't have to be he is not cruel he is loving um and this is what he says at the end this is what i love this bit at the end of the story tell them how much the lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you he is merciful his nature is to have mercy and yeah I, I want to tell you just a few snippets from my story before um, challenging you to share your story. So uh, for each of these three characters with the, the the outward storm, the inward storm and feeling unsure of, of God, I have experienced all these things myself. You know, I as for the outward storm, I, I went through depression after my mom and dad separated and then got divorced. I Went to counselors. I cried and cried out, you know. I cried waking up. I cried falling asleep. I was so, so sad. And I took medication even for it. But you know what? I cried out to Jesus with a loud voice. Let me tell you, it was loud. And He lifted it off of me. (laughs) And maybe that's something that you need to do cry out with a loud voice. Find a place where you're not going to disturb too many people and let loose, you know. Uh inward storm, spiritual heaviness, my, my cousin um, died under very mysterious circumstances, um, the year I got married to Peter, and I felt a very weird spiritual heaviness within me. I was afraid that I was going to die, it was a, a kind of fear, a self harming fear thing. And Jesus delivered me from that as well. He cast that thing out of me. He did. Um <laughs> Unsure. I was afraid of suffering. And you know what? I I, I surrendered completely to the Lord and he let me suffer. You know, he did let me suffer. After Isaac was born, um, I had a very traumatic birth with him. They told me I might never walk again. I was injured in my ligaments. I was scared. But, you know, um, out of all that experience, out of feeling like at, at the age of 26, I would never walk again. The Lord gave me a gift of joy. In the midst of suffering, which has never left me, and yeah, so i I just want uh, this is my story and and i I just challenge you, if you're in a place where you're you feel far away from jesus i from this story, can I just encourage you run towards him? You know the beautiful thing is, the demons, once they were let out of this man, where did they run in the opposite direction? they ran over the cliff, away from Jesus. But even though a legion of demons, 4,000 to 600, 6,000 people in a legion, so that thousands of demons pulling the man away, still he managed to run towards Jesus. Because you are made in the image of God. Not all the powers of hell can hold you back. If you want to run to Jesus, you can do it. You run towards him and know that he is coming for you. Not only did he come for you, he is reaching out to you right now and he will come back for you. This is our king who will wipe away every tear, who will, who will defeat death himself. Um, so run towards Jesus and just like this man, tell your story. Even if it's not complete yet, nobody can argue with your personal experience of Jesus' mercy. So tell your story because you, God has appointed you to set many others free. So, in conclusion, oppressed or depressed, do not fear. The author of life is here. In his hands, you can trust. Your story will be marvellous. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you so much, Taryn, for sharing that with us. <laughs> What an amazing message for us this morning. As I was listening, I've realised that there's quite a strong thread, a theme running through this.